This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 551. Make sure you check out all the previous episodes at MarkinOut.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. You could find us wherever you want to find us. So make sure you subscribe. Buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Also, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and all of that fun stuff. You can follow me, Dave, on Twitter and on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. You can follow Brandon at BTTG161. And you can also follow Chris at ChrisWindog. But most of all, go check out Market Out at Market Out. And on Instagram at Market Out 11 Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? Doing good, doing good. Rocking and rolling. Another week, another week. <laughs> so how was your week? <laughs> what a t-shirt idea. Yeah, right? Another week, another week. Another week, another week. So how was your week? It was good. Did not really, uh, not did not do much. There was a lot of wrestling on to watch. There was a lot of wrestling to talk about and to take place. And I agree. There's really like too much. (laughs) There is. So let's get right into it. My week was How was your week? It was Same old, same old. Yeah, same old, same old. But we had SummerSlam this past weekend. Uh, Huge, huge, uh, this, the summer WrestleMania. Yeah, first ever uh, Saturday SummerSlam, I believe. And the last week when I had said that there's a, a DJ Valentino Con or whatever it was going to be opening SummerSlam, mm-hmm. turned out to not be really the case. It was just for the people in attendance. You heard like on the kickoff show, you'd hear him playing songs in Maybe. the background, I guess. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's... so it's nice that like we didn't have to deal Sit with a DJ it. like that. Yeah. That's pretty the, cool. The first match that we got to see, though, on the kickoff show was Big E picking up the victory over Baron Corbin. I thought on Corbin's entrance, it was really funny that people were actually trying to give him money. I Hey, those are nice people to be doing that. Yeah, but it was a good match. Big E took his Money in the Bank briefcase back. And Corbin went on to a serious like winning streak in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I I like this entire Baron Corbin thing that they got going on. It's different. And for some, somehow, every single thing that Baron Corbin gets put with, he excels at. And I think that this gimmick that he's working right now, it's perfect. Yeah, and there was a long time where I would definitely admit that I was just not a fan of Baron Corbin on Raw and SmackDown when he was on it because I didn't think it was... He was ready. Mm-hmm. And I liked what he was doing in NXT when he was in NXT. And then the main roster was just kind of like floating, not doing much. But then he finally started to come into his own. And what what he's been doing now, the, the whole King Corbin and everything, was fantastic. 
Yeah, I don't. Even, I even honestly don't King even. Corbin. I don't even remember what he did on NXT. It's been that long ago. Well, I really don't remember. First but match the, of SummerSlam, we saw the Raw Tag Team Championships being defended. And RK-Bro, the new tag team champions, defeated the former champions AJ Styles and Amos. I liked uh, Matt Riddle instructing Randy Orton as to where to put his hands so he could do an assisted flip move. I liked it a lot. And I I, I love the RK-Bro connection taking place. And I'm very happy that RK-Bro picked up the victory. You know, I feel like, um, I feel like they excel with each other it's something very different for randy orton too because it's more of like matt riddle's more of that comedy gimmick while randy orton is usually very much so uh straight uh yeah. in character uh, like the deadpan but very yeah. awesome also Next it was up, cool that uh mario lopez interviewed them later on mario mario, mario lopez <laughs> uh, when i said mario i don't know is it mario lopez though i think it doesn't mario i think mario lopez. Yeah, it's one Regardless, of those things. Mario it, I it was or cool. Mario? It's Mario. And I, I know Tiffany Haddish was inter- was interviewing somebody also at SummerSlam. That was cool. Yeah, was it though? Not really. I mean, it's Tiffany Haddish. Could be done without. But something not done without. Alexa Bliss, Bliss picked up the victory over Eva Marie. Eva Marie, uh, slap happy all over um, whatever his face is. Lily. Not uh, not much of a match. Not much of a match. But I didn't hate this. I didn't hate what this was. (laughs) I didn't hate it either. I I love that the crowd hated uh, Eva Marie. I loved it. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know. What? They hate Eva Marie for different reasons. Hey, she is working it, though. Afterwards, Dewdrop grabbed a mic and announced that Eva Marie was the loser of the match. She put on Eva Marie's robe, strutted around a little bit, and that was the end of that segment. Yeah, she even did that announcement as if uh, as if Eva Marie would. So I thought it was great, though. Next up, you had Damian Priest pick up the victory over Sheamus to become the new United States champion. Um, another good match. Yeah, another good match. Definitely lived up to my expectations. And I'm very happy to see Priest. This is his first uh, gold, right? On the, yeah, on the main roster. Yeah, main roster, yeah. So, very awesome to see. I liked um, Damian Priest went for that springboard move, and Sheamus hit him with that knee. And then we got Priest at one point rip Sheamus' mask off and eventually hit that reckoning to pick up the victory. Yeah, I was a big fan of this. Also, Um, I think it was Priest that Tiffany Haddish interviewed. I feel like a yes. After that match, though, we saw the Usos pick up the victory over the Mysterios to retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Yeah, just uh, when you thought you would have another title change after two title changes. No, I didn't think that at all. (laughs) I thought Rey Mysterio had cool Macho Man gear. Yeah, that was pretty sick. But, I mean, I feel like it was a, for me at least, I thought it was an obvious outcome. Um... I, I don't know if any outcomes are obvious on this card, but yeah, Usos picked up the victory. I'm very happy that they picked up the victory too. Yeah, I, it's I, I wouldn't have like 
I would have hated if the Mysterios won, but I would have eh. been upset that they lost the titles and won the titles and lost the titles so quickly. <laughs> no, I was not. I wouldn't have been happy if the uh, if they did. It's just the it, Roman won. Reigns is too big of a, a commodity right now to not have the Usos also be champions with him. Yeah, they they have too much good stuff going on between each other. After this, we saw Rick Boogs perform just so Nakamura could come out and, and be shown off for that SummerSlam crowd. Very, maybe WrestleMania-esque. Um, this was the most useless, stupid, I idiotic disagree. Absolutely disagree. Completely the, disagree with you. I, that's okay. You could disagree. This was a waste <laughs> of my time. I, I like Rick Boogs. I don't know. I guess you don't. I couldn't care less. Uh, it, this was a waste of my time. Time is valuable, and they wasted it. I disagree. After that, though, they made an announcement that Sasha Banks could not be there at SummerSlam, and Carmella would be replacing her in that women's championship match. I hated this because Carmella literally lost to... Bianca Belair on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But then Becky Lynch showed up returning after a year or so of being uh, absent due to motherhood. Uh, she takes Carmella out and then her and Bianca Belair agree to a match where Becky Lynch defeats Bianca Belair in like 30 seconds. It was a handshake, a punch, manhandle slam finish. Awful. 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 Now, this Becky Lynch's return, fantastic. Can we agree on that? Yes. The actual match itself and the fact that it was like... Match, quote You unquote. build up your, your champion, Bianca Belair, to the highest of highs. Main evented WrestleMania. And I, I don't even know... Like, I, I don't understand... Like, storyline-wise, maybe she was like... I, I don't even know. I can't even make sense of that. Awful. Even the, outside of storyline-wise, it's like it makes no sense. I mean, I don't care if you want to build up Becky Lynch as a heel. This is not the way to do it. This was stupid. You have the fans very, very hot, and um, maybe not hot, but very, very uh, excited for Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And this was going to be an impromptu matchup. The crowd is excited. Everybody watching at home is excited. And then you go ahead and you give a 30-second squash match of Becky Lynch over Bianca Belair. Somebody that hasn't had a match in forever versus somebody that is competing at the highest level about to go against uh, Sasha Banks. And this is what you do. Awful decision. Stupid. Um, I don't know how else to really go about it, but yeah. Awful. I believe the only other time that they would have faced off was in a battle royal or something at WrestleMania. Never I, never one-on-one ever. No, no build-up for this match. Nothing I, like that. Not even it, giving us a lengthy match that it deserved. No. The next, like, I feel like for me, the there was like probably a half hour of SummerSlam starting with after the Usos where I had 20 to 30 minutes of trash. 
and garbage that I did not care for. But that's just my opinion. And after after that match, they announced that Crown Jewel will be coming back in October. So WWE will be going to Saudi Arabia. Um, there were more women advertised this time. So I guess that's a start. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I know a lot of people don't like that they do this. Yeah. Next up, you had Tamara Mensa Stock and Gable Stevenson. Uh, come on out, the USA Gold uh, Olympic Gold Champions for Wrestling. Come on out. And this was random. It was a dud. <laughs> Gable Stevenson, for a somebody who goes out there and does a backflip cartwheel and all that fun-loving stuff, to pretty much, like, a dead face... All of the of of the crowd, no like just no smile, barely any smile, no activity, a few hand slaps. Like I was just like, well, what the hell are you doing, kid? Slap the hands, smile a little bit, talking to the camera. At least Tamara goes around slapping the hands. She's jumping up and down. She's so happy. She's on SummerSlam. But Gable's like, eh, I'd rather be on AEW right now. Not AEW because he's not going to be facing Jack Swagger. Yeah. I think maybe they're pushing him more towards UFC. Maybe, but this was, and I'm an amateur wrestler, and this was, this was just move on. I, I think I'll, uh, I'll just bring up the segment now that I think maybe they could have combined two different segments because the other segment that I'm going to say was kind of flat. That earlier in the night on the kickoff show, John Morrison and the Miz showed up with a water truck. And promise something big for SummerSlam. Fast forward, they tease the Dripstick 2000. But John Morrison's like, oh, well, where is it? Miz is like, well, I thought you had it. Neither of them had it. Xavier Woods shows up through the crowd dressed as uh, Scott Hall, which I pop for that. And he just sprays him with this giant, like, super soaker device. And I thought that was a super flat segment that... Had you combined it with the Olympians where maybe like, I don't know how you would have incorporated Woods or something, but John Morrison and Miz come out there. They threaten to super soak the crowd or something. Have the Olympians come out. Boom. Takedown. Fans cheer. Yeah. Unless they weren't allowed to get physical or something. I have no idea. <sighs> no clue, but Extreme Rules was announced for September 26th. Yeah, just a few weeks after the Madison Square Garden show. Yeah. Uh, next, next up, you match. had yeah, Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal. Um, I'm finally this without huh? this. What? I could have done without this match. Yeah, I'm telling you, there was like a half hour or more of SummerSlam that I just did not care. After the match, though, Veer and Shanky came out, Drew McIntyre got his sword, and they all just scattered. Mm-hmm. I think because that last match just, like, really took the wind out of my sails, it was hard for me to get back into SummerSlam. 
Yeah, and this was not the best way to go into it at all. I feel like, like this... I'm super pumped to see Becky Lynch again, and then it's just like, one, two, three. I'm like, what? Exactly. I feel like they totally... Whoever booked SummerSlam did an awful job during that that little area of time. That gap was just awfully booked. Awfully booked. And after but... the McIntyre match, we saw Charlotte Flair... Defeat Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley to become the new Raw Women's Champion again. I think uh, I'll put over her Thanos gear first. Although I chuckled, some people were pointing out the NBC Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I like that Nikki Cross had like the upper hand throughout the whole match, but I, I hated that she lost. I know. She should not have lost this matchup. Um... But we should have seen it coming. We said last week that we, you know, we should have seen it. We did see it coming. We just didn't want to see it coming, but it came. It happened. Next up, you had an awesome entrance from Edge coming out as Brood Edge through the flames, through the fire, uh, coming down. With the sunglasses. With the sunglasses, coming down halfway down the ramp. Just to go into Alter Bridge. Um, I thought the entrance was awesome for him. I marked out big time for that. Yeah. And the match between Edge and Seth Rollins, it was really good. You yeah. Know? Edge picking up the victory over Seth Rollins, but I thought that it was a really solid match. I liked the the top rope swinging neck breaker that Edge hit. Mm-hmm. I liked him using the glam slam. Yeah, nice little throwback to uh, good old Beth. The, the spear through the ropes I thought was good. Yeah. I liked a- Seth Rollins. Not It wasn't much of a pedigree, but commentary was like, that's a pedigree. Mm-hmm. When uh, he countered the spear. Yeah. I, it was I understand over, it was a- where it would have been a pedigree, though. So, you see, I feel like this match should have been tossed somewhere in that mesh of awfulness. Something like that should have happened. Well, but... I don't... mm. One of these matches had to be tossed in between the crap of of SummerSlam. Yeah, but technically, I mean... You needed to. Unless the the card was just crap, period. Where you had three to four good things, and then after that, it was just garbage. Yeah, but I don't... I disagree with that, because, like... We liked, I, I mean, at least I liked Biggie, but the actual card, I liked RK Bro. Okay, I yeah. liked Alexa Bliss. Same. I liked Priest. And then after that, you start to lose me. You fall off somehow with the Usos. Yeah, more so the Mysterios. But then Becky Lynch, it's just, it's just that spot. But that's how much of a killer. I think Drew and Jinder could have been a good match. But it wasn't. It was it was just not necessary there. Exactly, and it's stuff that we've seen. So it's already. in that spot, the proper spot, because then we go back up to Edge and Rollins, which was a, a really good match to me. I I think that you had to move that up into the card, up the card a little bit more. I don't know because I I like you could have put a McIntyre. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was no, in my it's the up, I, and then it's down, and then and then it's back was, up again. 
I, I disagree. I think it was more down and down and down and then up a little bit. But that's, that's that makes wrestling, you know. But next I liked up, had... I liked in this match though when uh, when he blocked the stomp and locked in the crossface and then smashed Seth Rollins' face into the mat over and over again. Yeah, that was that was a cool spot. And then kind of won with a modified crossface bulldog choke that maybe Moxley would somewhat do. I don't know. And I wasn't really expecting Edge to win here. Um, I don't know. I forgot what I picked. But next up, you had Money in the Bank being announced to return. They're going to return to the Allegiant Stadium. What? During <laughs> Allegiant? During July 4th weekend. Oh, yeah. So right now, they're not saying a date because it's most likely also going to be on a Saturday. I'm, I like the Saturday aspect. We we got confirmation as to why it was on a Saturday. Nick Khan had said Las Vegas is a is a weekend city. Mm-hmm. You don't go to Las Vegas for a Sunday event and then party the whole night just to have it. You wake up and be a Monday. He does have a point. Yeah, but now but now I'm curious to see if this continues because what's differentiating that well, in Miami? Or New York. Uh, New York, I feel, is a lot different than something like Vegas. I don't know. I New York, you're not out and about on the streets drinking and stuff like that. Miami, yes, you are. Yeah, but that's the thing. I I prefer Saturday events. So I I, this... I didn't really care for it. I can't say I hated it, but mm-hmm. it I definitely left it me very confused. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was nice to have Sunday before like everything just calm, but... It'd yeah. be nicer if NXT TakeOver wasn't then. Yeah, I was not. But I, I thought NXT TakeOver was fantastic, so. Mm-hmm. But, but in regards to uh, Money in the Bank, that's like the first non-Big Four pay-per-view that I think would be held at a, a stadium of that size. WWE allegedly pulled in 51000 for this. I don't know how they'll build up money in the bank like that mm-hmm. but uh, as far as Saturday pay-per-views go they have that day one announced for January 1st that's a Saturday yeah in I think Georgia word so next up you have Lashley pick up the victory over Goldberg to retain the WWE championship and nobody cared, especially me. People did care. I didn't care. You can I, talk well, about I cared it. that I, Lashley retained. Yeah, all I of was this hoping was... Goldberg to win and then Big E to cash in, but that didn't happen. So I'm at least happy that Lashley retained. Yeah. So this true. this makes me think so. They, there was, I think Goldberg on the bump said that he had three more matches on this contract. Lashley versus Goldberg being one of them. And during this match, we saw MVP hit Goldberg's knee. Bit of a late reaction from Goldberg, but Lashley worked his knee throughout the match. The match, I would say, I don't know if you would agree, went longer than expected. Yeah. And yeah, the true. ending was sort of lame. But afterwards, Lashley attacked Goldberg's knee with a chair. And finally, we see Gage, someone who I think should have been prominent throughout the match, but was not until afterwards, jumps in. Lashley instantly locks him in the hurt lock. 
He did and not MVP see that it was like, him. There's no way to have known that it was Gage. <laughs> Great heel tactic. So, with now two more matches left on Goldberg's contract, apparently, could we see at either Extreme Rules or Crown Jewel, Goldberg versus... Bobby Lashley too, where Goldberg then wins the championship and then Big E cashes in to make it the the final two matches on his contract. I don't know. I hope not. You hope not. What do you mean? I don't want to see anything with Goldberg right now. That, but that would that would get Goldberg out of the picture <laughs> with yeah. Big E as WWE champion. Yeah, true. All right, let's do it. Main event to SummerSlam saw Roman Reigns pick up the victory over John Cena to retain the Universal Championship. I thought it was a good match. We I saw agree. The, this, this, his attitude adjustment on Roman Reigns through the table. Roman Reigns kicked out. I thought that was great. The fans went nuts. The fans were really behind this match. It's funny to see when you actually sell a move and the fans react to it. I agree. They, I the fans were heavy behind this. I thought that this was a good way to close out uh, SummerSlam with everything that took place during this match and after the match. I thought that this was, for me, this was a redemption match to close out uh, SummerSlam. If this match and what happened after didn't take place, I was not going to leave this SummerSlam happy. Well, we saw John Cena duck a spear from Roman Reigns, then drag him up to the second rope to hit an attitude adjustment to pick up that victory. And uh, I mean, no, John Cena lost the match. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns kicked out of that. But we saw the eventual finish, and as Roman Reigns is celebrating, Brock Lesnar's music hits, ponytail and all, headed to the ring. Stare down with Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman doesn't know what to do. He's a, he's a, what is his, uh, tribal chief counsel for, for Roman Reigns. And he's Brock Lesnar's advocate. Loved it. I, I love the Paul Heyman aspect of whose side could he be on? What does he do now? And Brock Lesnar, that ponytail, I think is awesome. I think that that's great. They showed pictures of his ponytail and bearded self on the internet a while ago. And I'm like, I hope that when Brock Lesnar returns to WWE, he is this. I need this outfit, this this look in WWE 2K22. I need this, not that I collect action figures, I need this as an action figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool. I, and... Bam roasted to everybody saying Brock Lesnar's going to AEW. I don't know why people would... Yes, whatever. Off air, though, Brock Lesnar tore apart John Cena. I don't understand that part. Put him over. Mm. Why shouldn't he? John Cena? The guy yeah. who was just like... Well, now John Cena's ridden off. Yeah, I believe John Cena's only other date might be that Madison Square Garden show. Yeah, I think that I think John Cena that was it. 
But again, you know? I mean, unless they're they're showing footage of that, I don't I don't know if they did. I'll have that, to discuss that later on. But mm-hmm. after after uh, SummerSlam Sunday, we saw NXT Takeover thirty six from Florida. On the kickoff show, we saw Ridge Holland pick up the victory over Trey Baxter. Just a quick match, just to put Ridge Holland over, just to throw out a warning to Timothy Thatcher. I'm I'm a fan of Ridge Holland. Yeah, I think that Ridge Holland has a great future, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next for him. As but. far as the actual show goes, we saw Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over L.A. Knight. To become the new million dollar champion, we saw Ted DiBiase come out with a trash can during Cameron Grimes' entrance. Cameron Grimes came out dressed as the butler, but threw all his clothes into the trash can to reveal some super nice million dollar man gear. And the match itself, I thought, was super entertaining. I totally agree with you. I think that the match was entertaining. I love the million dollar man uh, action uh, in and involvement in this match as well, yeah, and the, the million dollar punch and then the million dollar dream. Yeah, yeah. Grimes I thought it was, at one point had fun. like the longest million dollar dream locked in, even through like reversals and a pin. But that's yeah. L.A. Knight tried to use the title, but Cameron Grimes got it away, and that's when behind the referee's back, million dollar man uh, helped Cameron Grimes out. I thought it was a great finish, great incorporation for for Ted DiBiase there. I totally agree with you. Next up, you had Raquel Gonzalez pick up the victory over Dakota Kai to retain her championship. And Dakota Kai supporting uh, some uh, Eva Marie. Look. Maybe not Eva Marie. But uh, they, they put in some serious work into this match. They did. This was a uh, It was also a really match. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I liked when match. Raquel went for the the power bomb that she does, and, and Dakota Kai hit her with the scorpion kick to get out of it. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then the the power bomb from the the middle rope to finish the match, I thought was awesome. Great, great ending to this. And then Kaylee Ray shows up after to stare down Raquel Gonzalez. I'm a big fan of Kaylee Ray. She's one of the longest reigning champions in modern history for WWE. So I'm pumped to see that feud, and I'm happy that she's in NXT here. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But next up, you had Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Walter to become the new NXT UK champion, uh, ending Walter's uh, streak. Yes, this is, I think, the match that everyone would have hoped it would have been. Very hard-hitting. Yeah, very, very Dragunov was bleeding again. Too. Yeah. You know? I, I like, I like the, the, the torpedo aspect. Moscow that got caught with the sleeper. And then yep. Walter suplexed him. And then immediately he, like, fires up and hits that torpedo Moscow from behind, followed up with the one from the front. Yes, and then this... Ilya Dragunov just going absolutely nuts, locks in that sleeper, lifts Walter up, and Walter taps out. Yeah, I did not. 170 days. I didn't expect Walter to tap. I didn't either. But But with him. 170 days, the longest reigning champion of this era. Incredible. So I think he was number like six on the list or something of all time. Mm -hmm. 
obviously yeah. behind guys who are like in the thousands almost. So, main event though, not the main event. We said we had the uh, two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Kyle O'Reilly won the first fall. Adam Cole won the street fight. I liked uh, the the garbage can drop kick spot off the apron that Kyle O'Reilly did when Adam Cole was sitting on the chair. I liked Adam Cole using lockjaw. A lot of people are like, "Wow, that proves that he's going to AEW." <laughs> I, I was a fan of that, too. I think that that was really cool. Um, that this spot where Adam Cole tossed Kyle O'Reilly onto the, the two standing chairs and then followed it up with the last shot, I thought that looked brutal. I So much in this match was incredible. And I feel like this matchup, uh, there was a lot of expectations, high expectations for this, and I think that they succeeded completely. Yeah. And in between they, they the, the, the street story. fight and the cage match, Adam Cole powerbombed Kyle O'Reilly onto that commentary table. In, in in the actual cage match, that Panama Sunrise from the top rope, I thought was cool, in the middle. And I liked, even though Kyle O'Reilly was handcuffed to the top rope, he still caught Adam Cole's superkick and made him tap out. That was incredible. And even though these were the same basic stipulations for Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano from NXT TakeOver Toronto, this they were completely different. So yeah. kudos to both of them. No, oh, yeah. Great, great matchup. Made event. Uh, next. Yeah, the next Moa up you Joe had... Defeated Karrion Cross to become the new NXT champion. Samoa Joe's first match since February 2020. His last NXT title match was December 2016. And now he is the first ever three-time NXT champion. Yeah. I liked earlier in the night when William Regal was like, I, I don't really pick sides, but I want you to go out there and ki- kick Karrion Cross's ass. Yeah. yeah. I thought it that was, was cool. It was awesome. Also, um, by the way, I, almost, I only first realized during the match that they both had the same finisher <laughs> until Samoa Joe uh, yeah what do you mean uh the literally yeah, the, yeah there's the no yeah thing. there's no yeah until uh Samoa Joe hit that muscle buster to win that I wasn't expecting to see the muscle buster I feel like it's been quite a long time since we've seen that I don't even I don't think we saw that when he was on even, Raw uh I don't even no we haven't seen it since what like Tyson Kidd that's what I want to say, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Right? I feel like, wasn't that Tyson Kidd? Yeah, I. that's... I'm not sure if that was the last one, but... Yeah. It seems likely. I think so. I think that was it. But, yeah. That was uh, WWE NXT TakeOver 36. So let's move on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which... Opens with Bobby Lashley and MVP. MVP brings up how the only person who has stopped Goldberg is Lashley. And he said Lashley doesn't owe Goldberg an apology for what happened with Gage. Which has Damian Priest come out and challenge Lashley after calling him a coward. They brawled and Damian Priest came out on top. MVP agrees to a match. 
It leads into Damian Priest picking up a victory over Lashley via disqualification because Sheamus came out during it and attacked Damian Priest. They double-team him after the match. Drew McIntyre runs down, makes the save. Leads into Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre picking up the victory over Sheamus and Lashley, which I think I would normally complain about seeing Lashley versus McIntyre again. But... After watching the Broken Skull sessions with him and hearing Lashley talk about how much he really likes working Drew, mm-hmm. I don't think I can complain. Uh, <laughs> I can. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to complain, but well, I, I don't want to see him versus Lashley in like a, a championship match. But here, I think it's fine. Um, I could still complain a lot about that and how I don't want to see that and how I'm sick and tired of that. And I don't want to see that. And did I say I don't want to see that? But And I also, I would normally hate the fact that it's like singles, if opening segment leads into the singles match, which then gets a DQ, leads into a tag match. I might complain about that, but I thought it was all very smoothly done. It was. So I like the, the white noise from the middle rope that Sheamus did, but Sheamus gets left by himself. Lashley at one point decides to leave. McIntyre gets tagged in. Claymore. Three, two, one. Boom. Sheamus was super pissed off backstage. Yelled at Bobby Lashley. And basically challenged him to a match. And MVP backed him out of the locker room. So we have to wait for Monday to see what happens there. It's going to be a long wait. Probably a week. We saw... We saw Dewdrop get interviewed. She was asked about SummerSlam, and she said that she made a mistake ever associating herself with Eva Marie and said that Eva Marie might have given her the name Dewdrop to put her down, but she likes the name, and that's who she is. So we will never, ever, ever see Dewdrop say to Eva Marie, my name is Piper Niven. At least not yet. Right, but at least uh, not. No, it seems like we won't ever. <laughs> uh, come That's on, you don't know. Right now. So, I don't know. But Eva Marie then attacked Dewdrop. No, oh, yeah, that, uh, that production gimmick to to smash her against the wall. Yeah, I thought it was a great interruption, but something not so great, not so great by a long shot, was. Carrying Cross picking up the victory over Ricochet. Wait, I disagree with that. I think it was great. Ah, yes, yes. He basically squashed him here, so I didn't mind that. It's the former NXT champion. This is how he should have debuted on Monday Night Raw. Ah, uh, yes, yes, about that. Let's talk about that ring attire. Good old <laughs> demolition. Good old, good old demolition and Mad Maxish ring gear when when he first came out somebody else i saw tweeted it saying they thought it was t-bar and i legit thought it was t-bar also yeah this maybe it's his choice who knows well if he chose it then he chose wrong because that was crap i don't understand the helmet i don't understand the suspenders i mean yeah it was awful you know i it was just yeah Speaking of awful, up next we had a moist TV segment where, well actually I can't say it was awful, because even though Logan Paul was on my TV taking up time from my from my day where I normally set aside time to watch Monday Night Raw, 
and enjoy or try to at least enjoy Monday Night Raw. Even though he was taking that time away, the fans sea of booze for Logan Paul. Thought that was great. Uh, I the fact that the fans did not want to see Logan Paul, I can say that was the best thing of Monday Night Raw. You know, I could still do without Logan Paul being on WWE, period. Yeah, but if he's going to be on, at least he's going to be heavily booed. Yes, yes, of course, I do want him to be heavily booed, but I also don't want him to be on my TV, period. Yeah, I thought the stunner from Kevin Owens after WrestleMania was going to be it, but... Yes, it definitely should have been, but... Miz cuts the segment off and questioned... He, he asked a question that Logan Paul didn't like. He gets into Miz's face. Miz and John Morrison then argued, and, and, and Logan Paul leaves. Wasted segment there, perhaps. But it goes into Xavier Woods picking up the victory over the Miz. John Morrison sprayed the floor with water at one point, and Miz went to go toss Xavier Woods into the, the ring steps. Woods reverses it, and Miz slips into them instead. The moral of this, the story, or the short version of this, John Morrison cost the Miz this match multiple times. After the match, the Miz attacked John Morrison. It hurts my heart. No more Uh, music videos. I was just uh, saying last week, I want more. (laughs) I, the thing is, unfortunately, this is what's become of John Morrison. Miz. But not unfortunate because right now, it could be to the moon. Yeah, I want to, I want to see what happens with John Morrison right now. The Miz, I'm fine with, but John Morrison coming off with like Lucha Underground and everything that he was doing, I really, really want to see more. Let me tell you some irony. At least what I believe to be irony. The last time they broke up in 2009, John Morrison accidentally cost the Miz the match. And the match was against Kofi, who's in a stable with Xavier Woods. <laughs> wow. Miz ended up getting drafted because of that. And they hugged. They played it off like, oh, it sucks. No more, no more dirt treats, whatever. We're going to miss each other. And then Miz attacked him. And it's not completely similar, but Miz attacked John Morrison here. So we got John John Morrison being Johnny Babyface. Johnny Babyface. And I'm That's looking for forward sure. to what they do. Yep. After that, we saw a 24-7 championship segment where Reggie went to an ice cream truck, bought two cones, one for R-Truth, one for Akira Tozawa. He ran off, climbed a tree. Jumped on the top of the ice cream truck and then jumped, jumped off and thank God that uh, that um, trampoline there. And uh, then he went into the truck and they drove off and I think the most debated topic from Monday Night Raw has to be whether or not the guy coming out of the trailer behind them knew what was going on. The guy with the suspenders. They did not know if he was in on this. But I thought it was a decent segment to get the 24-7 championship out there. Yeah. 
After that, we saw Mansoor pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal via disqualification. Jinder uh, did not listen to the referee. just kept stomping Mansoor in the corner to get that DQ. And Mustafa Ali yelled at Mansoor afterwards. Because Mansoor wanted to do this by himself. I say a win is a win. A win is a win. And I still like the interactions between the two of them. But him yelling at Mansoor afterwards reminded me of Retribution. I could see that too. Them. Nah, I could see that. After this, Charlotte Flair came out to celebrate her championship win. Said that nobody's going to be able to dethrone her. WWE only recognizes her as a 12-time champion. I recognize her as a 14-time champion. As you should. There's no way I'm not adding NXT. If it counts for a triple crown or a grand slam, then there's no way I'm not counting NXT. So yeah. I hate the fact that when she's going to actually be a 16-time champion, she'll only be a 14-time champion. It's it's very selective on who they allow that stuff with. Yeah, but uh, Alexa Bliss came out to say hi. So that's yeah. going to be the next match for Charlotte, I bet. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Safe bet. Yeah, safe After bet. After that, uh, throughout the night, we saw two segments. Elias is still dead, but he mentioned how he used to have the WWE Universe eating out of the palm of his hands. He wants the w- or he wants to be champion. Long live Elias, the WWE superstar. And he puts on a white hat, a white hat, and walks off. Yeah. So Elias is going to come back confirmed as Mordecai. I almost said a white horse. <laughs> that Taylor Swift. Yeah, no, but I don't know what to expect with this Elias I, stuff. I don't either. Maybe he'll come back with a new album. Hmm. 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 Maybe. Right now but, he's just drifting. Wait. Yeah. Huh? 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 Next up, you had Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh I feel like everything with Nikki A.S.H. just got ripped away yeah. with the loss to Charlotte Flair. So, this match wasn't, it wasn't bad. Maybe a bit messy, but there were some fun spots. And because of this match, maybe Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley will form a tag team to go after the title. Because hmm. it seems like one of those like mismatched pairings where after the match when, when Nikki jumped into Rhea's arms and Rhea's like, okay. Yeah. Kind of like RK bro, but not. Yeah, about that. It seems uh, like that's where it could lead to. Uh, maybe. After Probably. that, we had, we had an RK bro celebration, a title celebration where Riddle... Got Randy Orton some pyro. He got Randy Orton a scooter. AJ Styles and Amos came out, and AJ tried to stir the pot and say that Randy Orton didn't really get anything for Riddle. But Riddle accepts a match with AJ Styles and picks up the victory over AJ Styles. Good match. I agree. Distracted by Amos. Randy Orton went up and squared up with him. Amos, of course, handled Randy Orton. But, but he, he ended up using the scooter to, to attack him. 
And this was a fun way to end. I think that ending Monday Night Raw with RK Bro was the right decision. Yeah. AJ yeah. Styles turned around right into that knee in a Bro Derek. And then Randy Orton dropped AJ Styles with a, an RKO. Kind of like a, I have your back, Riddle. But I don't. It's only a matter of time. We know Randy Orton. Maybe. It would be interesting if Riddle <laughs> turned on Orton, though. Maybe. I don't know. Someone's got to turn on someone. Well, <laughs> that's Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT. Kicks off with Cameron Grimes and the Million Dollar Man. Blasting money with Cameron Grimes' face all over it to celebrate. Really nothing else from that. Mm-hmm. But later on, Ted DiBiase said that all good things have to come to an end. He got into his limousine. Cameron Grimes is like, wait a minute. Million Dollar Championship is your legacy. And he gave him the title. And Ted DiBiase's like, I want you to have it. And the end part of that, he switched the titles to a replica on Cameron Grimes and drove off. We got one more. That darn Ted DiBiase or whatever the line is, pulling my heartstrings left and right. Because I don't want to see Ted DiBiase gone from NXT. I have been enjoying Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. Um, but I guess this Cameron Grimes, I, I don't know if he'll come out with that million dollar championship anymore. I, I feel like that, that might would be, be I don't know. I feel like actually maybe I would be okay if he didn't come out with that anymore. I would too, but like I still. I'm going to miss Ted DiBiase on NXT. Ah, the dude's got <laughs> things to do. Yeah. You know, he's a busy man right now. But First next... match of the evening, we saw Ridge Holland pick up the victory over Timothy Thatcher. I... Solid, solid match in my opinion. But now, so what I didn't, uh, Timothy Thatcher got injured during this, no? I think kayfabe was. Ah, okay. So he didn't actually get injured. Like, I was expecting this to be a hard-hitting match. I don't think it was. But we saw Champa get involved with Ridge and Pete Dunne afterwards. Oni Lorcan showed up with the returning Danny Burch. And Thatcher went after Ridge, and Ridge used that club to take him out. So I think it's just the, I think it might be a kayfabe injury. Mm-hmm. And I think they might maybe do that to Champa next. Okay. All right. But Let's I was see. pumped to see Danny Birch back. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, after that, we saw a backstage segment with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, where Dexter Loomis announced, or I mean via drawing that their wedding date will be on September 14th. I couldn't it be four days earlier at the garden. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, 14th in February is uh, Valentine's day. Yeah. But the 14th in September is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that would be the second time an NXT wedding has taken place. Who was the first? Goldust and Oksana, and it did not happen. That's when Ted DiBiase was on NXT prior to this. 
did did we have a Gargano Candice wedding? No, they were married before NXT. I I feel like there's another wedding that took place. I'm not sure. Me neither. Me neither. If there was another wedding, then it would have been Hornswoggle involved, and I don't think that's a thing. Nah, see, all these reports are saying first ever NXT wedding. It's not the first. You guys are all wrong. (laughs) Nah. Well, next up, yeah. and Oksana. (laughs) Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter picked up the victory, unfortunately, over Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Um, Yeah, I didn't expect that victory, but also, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, but oh, yeah. hearing them th- mention being a TikTok tag team, I don't want to hate them. But Cringe. if they continue to call them the TikTok tag team, I might Cringe. start. Yeah, and Gigi Dolan and <laughs> JC Jane uh, coming out to that, like Marilyn Manson. Well, yeah, uh, it's Gigi Dolan's theme song. Ah, well, I am a fan of that. Um, um, but yeah, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter want the championships. They have not given a sh- uh, been given a shot no matter how many times they've won. So they're basically calling out the champs who have not defended the title since they won them. Who is but, the champs? What? Who are the champs? EO and Zoe. Oh, Yeah. I could see them losing the. I could see them losing to uh, Kenzara and Carter just to lead I to Z- Zoe versus Io. Yeah, well, I mean, like that, I can't. That I don't I know. Can I see happening, like, but not. I don't see them getting that that title. I don't know. I I feel like this Io and um, Zoe thing. I don't think it's going to last too long because they're playing up this entire uh, Io doesn't get along with others, and they're just not meshing well. I don't know. I would like to see, uh, whenever they do that, usually the tag team works it out and they end up being this great tag team. Um, I hope it doesn't work out. I want to see it not work out. Well, usually later I don't on, like, yeah, continue. Later on, Mandy Rose showed up and pulled Gigi Dolan and JC Jane in for a meeting. So. Didn't you say last week about the Rose? It's been weeks. We yeah, saw Mandy Rose already talk to both of them. So that's why when when that video package aired with Gigi Dolan, I'm like, well, of course she's going to be with JC Jane. That would just make sense. And then later on in that episode, I believe she was with JC Jane. I I like this tag team. We've just I... been waiting on Mandy. Mandy. No. Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> After that, though, we saw Raquel Gonzalez be interviewed. And she said that she doesn't think that it's over with Dakota Kai yet, which I thought was interesting. She's, she also said that she's been waiting for Kaylee Ray. Now Kaylee Ray's here. And then Taya Valkyrie, um, Frankie Monet showed up, cut off the interview, and challenged her to a match. Is it just me, or is everything with Frank, Frankie Monet becoming a dud? Well, now maybe now there's an opportunity here. I I don't know what to expect or what to see like in the future wise with Frankie Monet though. The draft could be coming up. 
She but goes even to on the SmackDown, main... John Morrison goes to SmackDown. They feud with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Boom. Maybe. I don't know. I guess. I After guess that, Kaylee Ray see. picked up the victory over Valentina Faraz. In, in my defense, I really haven't seen her wrestle before NXT, though. So well, I don't know really what she has to you're offer. You're far behind. Oh, big time, big time. But I don't understand. But... I thought you watched. Hmm. Lucha Underground. No, I never I never actually saw an episode. Hmm. I think I've I've seen like clips, but I never actually watched an episode of Lucha Underground before. Well, yeah. Kaylee Ray picked up that victory. Good showcase match for her. I don't yeah. know. There's not Very much important. else to say with that. No, just an import important showcase for her after uh coming out after that match on Sunday. Yeah. After that, Samoa Joe came out and he said that he's not there to celebrate. He wants to know who's willing to step up next. Pete Dunne came out, told him to get William Regal to make it official. LA Knight came out, said that he's there to be first. And he went to get in the ring and Pete Dunne's like, if you take another step, I'm going to break all your fingers. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. But Kyle O'Reilly came out, said that he earned his, his title shot. Rich Holland attacks him. Tommaso Ciampa attacks Pete Dunne. L.A. Knight tried to sneak attack Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe takes him out. And that's why I'm excited for this entire Samoa Joe reign right now because Samoa Joe is, I mean, all of them are veterans. But Samoa Joe, I feel like, is on such a, a level where he's going to help elevate whoever gets in the ring with him. Yeah. I like Kyle O'Reilly during that segment coming out, calling him Lanite like you do. Yeah. But later on, Kyle O'Reilly was asked about being attacked by Ridge Holland. Duke Hudson cuts it off. Kind of gets into his face. Kyle slaps him, and then Hudson slams him up against the lockers. Kyle O'Reilly and him get into a little brawl. gets broken up. So I have to assume we'll next see week. that match next week. Yeah. Later on, so. though, I still don't know what to call them. I'd say for the brand. Nah, I mean, um, Pat McAfee is no longer in the picture here, but it's still Pete Dunne, it's still Oni Larkin, it's still Danny Burch. They addressed MSK. They addressed the fact that they never lost the titles. Burch got injured. They had they they lost that. So they addressed that. They also went after uh, Champa for for Ridge Holland. So I think those matches are coming up soon. They have to. But next up, you had the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament. Carmelo Hayes picked up the victory over Odyssey Jones. Um, I was and he now gets very... a contract to face any NXT champion. I was very surprised by this because I think well, I said I mean, it last I week. Think, How could you be surprised? I don't know. They, I feel, I first of all, I thought that Odyssey Jones, even though we did pick Carmelo, Odyssey Jones, uh, I kind of was expecting to come out as the winner too. To be fair, he got a quick roll up to win. True, true, true. And I, I liked the other matches that they had in the tournaments better in the tournament, but. Uh, as far as this match, afterwards, he gets the, the handshake to Odyssey Jones. 
and they ask him what title he'll go after, and he's like, it's too soon to, to, to pick. I think I would like to see him go after the tag team championships and ask Odyssey Jones to be like, hey, you want to win the titles with me? I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. I'd be up for that. After that, Zion Quinn got the victory over Boa. Completely unexpected. Yeah, and I don't know what they're doing with Boa. May Ying, I feel like Boa is not going to... I don't know what's going to happen with Boa. Mei Ying gives Boa the sign to crush Zion. And Zion hits him with a running forearm. One, two, three. Completely unexpected. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect with Boa right now. Yeah, I don't know either. But after that, Johnny Gargano tried to get William Regal to cancel... The wedding of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, and he's like arguing with William Regal, which I thought that alone was a funny segment. But then LA Knight comes in, yells it at William Regal, saying that he wants Samoa Joe. And then him and Johnny Gargano start arguing back and forth, and William Regal kicks both of them out of the office. I thought the, the comedic aspect there was just fun. I agree. It was a fun little segment and everything like that. After that, we had a Diamond Mine training facility video where Malcolm Bivens cuts a promo on Kushida and then announced that Roderick Strong will have another open challenge next week. No opponent known yet. Oh, who could it be? I don't know. But Maybe it's Daniel Bryan. Yeah. The, the main event, though, saw Legato Del Fantasma pick up the victory over Hit Row. Legato jumps Hit Row before the match. B-Fab trips Santos Escobar, and then the match starts. And I thought it was a fun match. It was a fun match, but I really was hoping that Hit Row was going to come out with the victory. I'm fine that that's the opposite. I like Tadala carrying all three members of Legato at once to hit them with the moves. Yeah, that, that, that was, was cool. a cool spot. B-Fab, yes. though, gets involved again later on, and I brought this up last week. Electra Lopez shows up, hits her with a pipe, tosses the pipe at, uh, it, at to, to Swerve. You didn't, you didn't suggest her, though, did you? No, I just I didn't know no, who to suggest. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. I said Carolina I mean, last week, but... I, I did like how she... Yeah, thank goodness it wasn't her. Um, I did like how she hid that pipe underneath the jacket where you really didn't see that it was there at all yeah and then when she, she pulled it him. out yeah when she ta- pulled it out you're like oh all right here we go yeah and then that's when santos got a quick roll-up to win yeah but i i mean we'll probably have what a four on four uh november is coming up have we had a four on four in that sort of an aspect? I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm three, not sure. Three guys. Perhaps war games. Hmm. That would be intriguing. I'm here for it. Yeah, that I would, because that I feel like every time they have a war game, they change it up. They do something a little bit different. That would be very different. Yeah, I think it would be the first one without undisputed era involved. In I some sort. A, I think that's a uh, a definitely 
Also, <laughs> if they want to, I, I, I there's rumors that NXT Takeover may not be leaving the CWC anytime soon. But if they want to announce Survivor Series weekend Takeover, I'm there. I think. And if they want to put War Games, Barclay Center, as much as I hate that place, I'll go. I would I would much I would go rather go games. see NXT TakeOver than go to Survivor Series. Even though The Rock is heavily rumored to be at Survivor Series. I would still not want to see it for The Rock. I would I would still choose War Games over seeing The Rock return. I don't know. I, but feel, I, like, think that's also, I feel like the reason I, why we went to Survivor Series last time was a pretty big factor was The Rock. Yes, but I... So my reason is just because I haven't seen an NXT event. Uh, period. Yeah, I mean, but every time you NXT... had the opportunity to, you didn't go. And what do you mean, period? You you went to you no. Went I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna finish that sentence, but yeah, I went to the live event, but not an actual uh, taping or anything like that. So I would choose seeing a War Games over going to an actual um, main roster show or whatever you call it. Well, that was NXT. I'm gonna move over to NXT UK. I was able to watch it this week, but not without problems. Last week's NXT UK finally started to work for me on Sunday. This week took like the whole day to to finally be uploaded. What is going on on Peacock? Awful. It's been what what month did it debut? Was it February or something? The first pay-per-view and since then it still has not been fixed. It's been delayed. Like the the time from live pay-per-view to when we see it is so far behind that people in the arena, the stadium on Sunday, going through the timeline, I'm seeing results of the matches before I see the actual finish. Oh, that's not good. No. And like I said, it's a it's a one, two, three business. It's a three-second business here. Ooh, I like that. Did you come up with that? Or did I've you been that saying somewhere? that for a while on Twitter. Yo, t-shirt that. It's a one, two, three business? Yeah, it's a one, two, three biz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, t-shirt that, brand it, copywritten, that's ours, don't steal it, anyone. <laughs> uh, but NXT UK kicks off with Aoife Valkyrie picking up the victory over Ginny in a no-DQ match. Joseph Connors was locked in a cage ringside. I thought it was a good match, not incredibly violent, but still hard-hitting. Uh, at one point, that slap from Ginny, I don't know if it was like a sound effect or what, but that was like a super hard slap if it was real. Uh, but they used chairs, tables, which uh, Aoife Valkyrie accidentally puts herself through. Um, well, Ginny moved out of the way. They even used a, a laptop at one point, but I liked the fact that he was locked in the cage. He tried to like not be in the cage at the start, but but uh, Aoife Valkyrie tossed him into it. So it was, it was good. Check that out. Amelia McKenzie backstage was being interviewed about training with Mako Satamora. And Amel barged in, tried to basically get into Mako's face. But Amelia would not let her even get close to her. So that sets up a future match. And uh, later on, Nina Samuels had a meeting with Sid Scala, who she was wanting a match with Amel. But instead, he signed a match for her against Blair Davenport next week. Uh, We saw a video package of Ilya Dragunov kind of addressing the NXT UK locker room, perhaps. Basically just saying that all he needs is his fists. 
to win the matches. Uh, we saw Kenny Williams pick up the victory over Oliver Carter to advance in the NXT UK Heritage Cup number one contenders tournament. Uh, had some hard-hitting moments, some cool moves. I was hoping to see Oliver Carter win this, but Kenny Williams removed the turnbuckle, which distracted the referee, and he was able to clock Oliver Carter with a metal water bottle to get that advantage and pick up the victory. There was a vignette for Isla Dawn, which I think these vignettes that they've been doing with her have been fantastic. It's creepy. You're not quite sure what's going to happen, but you can tell that it's weird. And then the main event, Rampage Brown picked up the victory over Joe Coffey in a knockout or submission match. If you want hard hitting, you want to watch this match. I thought it was really good. And uh, I like the, the mutual respect after the match. I don't know where this leads to between the two of them. I believe they're, this is it now, but we shall see moving over to SmackDown. Kevin Owens was on commentary to replace Pat McAfee, who was out with COVID. Um, They also revealed a new NXT logo during the show, which instantly reminded me of AEW Dynamite, the, the, the colorful splash logos stuff that they had, the entrance video. Uh, I'll, I'll see what this new NXT is. <laughs> but SmackDown opened up with Becky Lynch, which uh, she apologized f- or acted like she was going to apologize and then said for absolutely nothing. So she is, I guess, quote unquote, a heel now. Bianca Belair came out and said that she's not okay with what happened at SummerSlam and challenged her to a match. And before Becky Lynch could answer, Zelina Vega came out to make fun of Bianca Belair. She also challenged Becky Lynch, which drew out Carmella and Liv Morgan, who has not been on in over a month. Bianca Belair said that it's between her and Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is just like, nah, not tonight. Pulled the Larry David, walks out. Leads to a brawl between the four of them and a surprising fatal four-way elimination match. I thought it was going to be a tag team match. A fatal four-way match makes way more sense. But Bianca Belair picked up the victory over Zelina Vega, Carmella, and finally Liv Morgan to become the number one contender. I think it was an obvious outcome, but I definitely enjoyed this match more once Zelina Vega and Carmella were eliminated. Bianca Belair hit the the kiss of death on Zelina Vega to eliminate her. Liv Morgan eliminated Carmella. And then another kiss of death on Liv Morgan. But the match that Liv Morgan and and Bianca Belair had between the two of them I thought was fantastic. After that, we saw Cesaro pick up the victory over Chad Gable via disqualification. It was a fun match while it was going on. But of course... While Cesaro was doing the swing to Chad Gable, Otis interrupted and beat down Cesaro. They continued the t- the attack afterwards. Nobody made the save. Maybe we'll see somebody make the save in the next few weeks. Uh, after that, Corbin, Baron Corbin pulled up to the arena looking super fancy. Fancy car. We spoke about that earlier. He's now going by Happy Corbin, though. He's got a new theme song, including slot machine sound effects, winning jackpots. He's rich again. He called Big E out so he could buy the Money in the Bank briefcase. 
He offered him $100,000 and Big E said no. I thought it was a super fun segment with the fans. I think Big E could have let Corbin buy the briefcase and just kept the contract, but that didn't happen. After that, we saw a, a clip from earlier in the night with Edge where Edge basically said that he doesn't like going to dark places, but he had to in order to defeat Seth Rollins. And he's moving away from Seth Rollins. He's moving on to Roman Reigns, and he wants that Universal Championship. That then goes into Seth Rollins talking about Edge, and he congratulated Edge for beating him at SummerSlam. And he said that he also might need to be a little bit more like him to get back to the Universal Championship. So maybe Seth Rollins is going to go around dressing like the Shield? I don't know. After that, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs picked up the victory over the Dirty Dogs. Uh, They aired a promo from Apollo Crews during the match. So that feud is not over with Shinsuke Nakamura. But this match, man, I I just put over last week Rick Rick Boogs' pump handle slam with the theatrics and how fun it was. And he didn't do it this week. So that's my one complaint from that match. After that, we saw Naomi backstage show up on SmackDown. She's excited to be there. But Sonya Deville had no idea she was even going to be there. She couldn't even care less that Naomi was even there. I think it was a perfect way to get Naomi into the bloodline. Because she ran down her resume. Sonya Deville's like, eh, Maybe you'll maybe you'll make it here. Maybe you won't. After that, Rey Mysterio broke up with Dominic. He got him a, a match against a mystery opponent. It turned out to be Sami Zayn who picked up the victory over Dominic. Sami Zayn is another one of those uh, superstars who has been absent for quite a bit. But uh, in this match, man, I totally expected Adam Cole. <laughs> Stupid me, I guess, but I liked in the match when Sami Zayn pulled the rope down when Dominic went for the 619, so Dominic tumbled out of the ring. After that, Rey Mysterio made his way back out to the ring, which I didn't really like, but Dominic eventually did hit the 619. Sami Zayn rolled out of the way of a frog splash before Dominic even hit it. He went down. And got hit with an exploder suplex into the corner, which sets up the Huluva kick. Sami Zayn picks up the victory there. And then Rey Mysterio tries to like help Dominic up afterwards. Dominic's upset. He's not having anything of it. And maybe we're going to see a heel turn from Dominic coming soon. Where at Extreme Rules, perhaps, we'll see Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. Throughout the night... We saw some things happening with Paul Heyman. He was locked out of Roman Reigns' locker room. The Usos finally come out of the locker room and question Paul Heyman whether or not he knew if Brock Lesnar was going to show up at SummerSlam. Paul said no. And then at the end of the night, Paul Heyman tried to not go out there with Roman Reigns and the Usos because it's just family. And Roman Reigns is like, you are family. So Paul goes out there. All four of them are out there celebrating. Paul Heyman mentioned that we've seen enough of John Cena, all thanks to Roman Reigns. Finn Balor then comes out. 
and says that he was going to call Roman Reigns out for a match against him at Extreme Rules, but with Brock Lesnar being back and uh, everyone else, he does not trust that he would get that match. So he's calling Roman Reigns out for next week. He wants a Universal Championship match. And it leads to Finn Balor throwing the microphone at him, going after Roman Reigns. The Usos jump him. Street Profits run out, back Finn Balor up. Roman Reigns leaves. And a, uh, Finn Balor hits the coup de grace on one of the Usos to, to end SmackDown. All I'm asking for is Bob Backlund versus Roman Reigns at Madison Square Garden in two weeks. That's all I want. I don't think I'm going to get that, but that's all I want. But that was SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick break right now. You'll hear a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped.com, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 551. Remember to go to manscaped.com, pick up the lawnmower 4.0, use that code regardless, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. I'm going to talk about AEW Rampage from last week now. The first dance live in Chicago. Kicks off loud CM Punk chants. Leads right into CM Punk actually being there with Cult of Personality. Although I must say that I hate 
the uh, the 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 record scratch or whatever you would call it, the static, not record scratch that they're using. But CM Punk he puts over Britt Baker. He mentions uh, Darby Allen, who was in the rafters with Sting, and then challenged him for a match at All Out. He also uh, gave out free ice cream bars after the show, which um, I didn't. I didn't enjoy the WWE aspects of this, but overall, I'm I'm happy to see CM Punk there. I'm not looking forward to seeing Darby Allen versus CM Punk, but I'm I want to see CM Punk versus Malachi Black 100%. CM Punk versus Almas, but as far as this goes, this debut for for AEW loud loud pop and i understand that cm punk had a full arena versus um sting only having a few people there but for me this was even though it was like a hundred percent expected to be cm punk or 99 percent expected i think his debut was like way better than stings was i guess because i would care more about seeing CM Punk rather than Sting in 2021, but it was a it was a nice segment. I don't agree with Booker T 100% saying that it fell flat because I definitely don't think it fell flat. But uh, I'm sure I'll I'll maybe talk about that a little later on during the markout moment of the week. But Jurassic Express picked up the first victory of Rampage there against Private Party. Um to move on in that tag team title eliminator tournament. So I think they're like the obvious to make it to the finals. I think, I think the spot of that match was that uh, Canadian destroyer from the top rope. After that, Jade Cargill defeated Kiara Hogan, which I think is great to see Hogan in AEW, but this was a squash match and it seemed like an obvious match, but I don't think this should have been Kiara Hogan in this position. To me, she's not someone who should be used as enhancement talent. After that, Mark Henry interviewed Daniel Garcia and John Moxley. Something similar that was done last week, but I think this seemed like actually worth it. And it led into the main event. I feel like we're going to be having a lot more of those on Rampage before the main event. Mark Henry will go interview them. But John Moxley picks up that obvious victory over Daniel Garcia. Three-minute match. Garcia had a decent showing, but Moxley tapped him out. 2.0 jumped in and uh, attacked John Moxley afterwards. They attacked Eddie Kingston, or Eddie Kingston actually he joins in, and um, and they do attack him. And Sting, Darby Allen, came out, take them out to end Rampage. I was expecting CM Punk there, but. That did not happen. That was AEW Rampage from last week. Moving over to AEW Dynamite. Kicks off with Orange Cassidy picking up the victory over Matt Hardy. Cassidy at one point landed on Matt Hardy's face and he got busted open. Matt Hardy, that is. Orange Cassidy did a swanton bomb in the match and attempted a twist of fate. But Matt Hardy reversed it. Cassidy then reverses Matt Hardy's twist of fate. He kicks out. Of that, whatever Cassidy reversed it with. Um, and then Cassidy just won with a, a pocket pin. Good match. Opening match on, on Dynamite. 
Chris Jericho came out for an announcement, one of the biggest announcements of his career, I believe they were saying, but he spoke about losing to MJF for the third time, twice singles, once as a uh, tag team. And he said that he needs MJF for a fourth time and he needs to win and challenge him to a match at All Out. And he even put his AEW in-ring wrestling career on the line. He said, I'll even... Stop wrestling in AEW and I'll go be a Rampage commentator full-time. And MJF came out and agreed to it. So I know a lot of people have been expecting this to be like a career match for Jericho. And I think maybe the fifth labor should have been... If they're going to do this stipulation, maybe the fifth labor should have done been that at the pay-per-view. But that's the match we're going to be seeing Also, in regards to Chris Jericho, they announced a Saturday Dynamite in October, which is the same night as Bound for Glory and the same night as the Jericho's. And I could have sworn they announced that AEW was going to be doing shows on the Jericho's. But now I guess not. After that, Lucha Bros picked up the victory over the Varsity Blondes to advance in the tag title tournament. I think this, again, was an obvious outcome, although... I question, I know I'm like, I know I think the Jurassic Express should be in the, in that uh, main, main match at All Out, but with the Lucha Bros feuding with Andrade, I I don't know, I can't see them winning against Jurassic Express. After that, Jurassic, uh, the Young Bucks got into the ring and they shoved Jurassic Express into the Lucha Bros. Try to get them to fight, but the four of them ended up taking on the Young Bucks and taking them out, uh, kind of like a mishmash of teams, doing the, the big boot, doing the dives to the outside. Thought it was a good segment. Thought it was a big Bam Rosa to the Bucks storyline-wise. After that, Jamie Hayter picked up the victory over Red Velvet. I don't think this match should have been as long as it was. Red Velvet missed a standing moonsault. I don't know what happened there, but Jamie Hayter had to like get up instantly and and try to recover that for the finish. Hits that that huge lariat to end the match. Um, But it looked like she was wrestling herself in that match. After the match, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, and Rebel beat down Red Velvet and Chris Statlander ran down to chase them off. After that, we had a Dark Order segment backstage where they all argued because some of them weren't ringside for their tag team title shot match. Um, And Alex Reynolds got pissed off and left. He's tired of working with toxic people. After that, CM Punk was interviewed by Tony Schiavone and Tony actually had the microphone in his hand the whole time. At one point, CM Punk put his hand on the microphone, but he allowed Tony Schiavone to hold that microphone for the whole time. And apparently... Uh, Tony Schiavone said on, I think it was on Busted Open, that CM Punk came to him and he said, I want you to interview me. I want you to hold the microphone. Because every single time Tony Schiavone is interviewing somebody in that company, he gets the microphone taken away from him and he's like null and void. It never makes sense for Tony Schiavone to be out there for when he's supposed to interview somebody. But CM Punk in this puts over a bunch of talent focused on Darby Allen again, and he teased Daniel Bryan. To me, this was kind of a waste of time. I understand why they did it, but this was just 
basically what we heard on Friday night on on Rampage and in the media scrum. So uh, after that, Miro threatened to kill Eddie Kingston in a video promo. He also keeps mentioning his wife in these sort of deals. So I assume Lana is going to be debuting in AEW soon. After that, Darby Allen, Jan Moxley, and Eddie Kingston picked up the victory over Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake. Uh, Moxley bit J.D. Drake behind the referee's back. Not sure why the uh, heels are cheating. Uh, the faces are cheating. Darby Allen hit a, uh, a code red from the, the middle rope. That's a kick out. Ryan Nemeth grabs a chair. Eddie Kingston takes him out. Um, Moxley takes him out too. And then, uh, this is really where everything for me fell apart. Sting was attacking Cesar Bononi on the outside of the ring. Right in front of the referee. Ref doesn't care. Referee's discretion. Daniel Garcia, after the match, attacked Darby Allen. Runs off. I, I didn't like that match. The aftermath, that's fine. Later on, John Moxley said that he had a contract for All Out from New Japan, completely forgetting about what, what just took place earlier on with that match. And it turns out he's going to be facing Kojima at All Out. I completely forgot about the deal with Kojima and Impact because, like, where has he been? But I I think a lot of people assumed maybe Tanahashi would be his opponent at All Out. For the IWGP US Championship. But. Especially because they teased him the other time. And nothing really came from that. But I'm assuming maybe. Tanahashi will show up after. John Moxley defeats Kojima. So Tanahashi could definitely be in Chicago. Or the Chicago area for All Out. After that Scott Dawson announced that. The nerves aren't really healing properly. In Dash Wilder's arm. But they're going to have one more match, it seems, against Santana and Ortiz, I believe. So hopefully that is just like storyline stuff. It seems like it would be if they're actually going to be wrestling. But God, he Dash posted the picture of his arm. That gash is just, oh, I still have no idea how that happened. Like, why was there an exposed hook? That I don't understand what happened. Like, they could show that footage over and over again. I'll not... I understand there's a hook from the, the ring post to the turnbuckle, but I, maybe it just like wasn't fully covered. But that was a, a brutal thing to look at, especially because I wasn't expecting it. I didn't seek it out. But after that, we saw the Elite, and this was a Tony Schiavone segment where Callis grabs the microphone. It could have just been Don Callis with the microphone. There's a microphone ringside. There's a microphone backstage. He could have come out with it. There was no reason for Tony Schiavone to be in that situation. But Callis said that Kenny will beat Christian at All Out. Christian came out. I thought this segment sucked. It ended with Christian being jumped. And then Kazarian chases off four people. They had the numbers. It does not make sense that one person can chase off four people. After that, the Gun Club picked up the victory over QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. Again, a stupid match. Big Show is on commentary. 
QT Marshall turns around and Big Show like gets like super pissed off, throws down his his uh, headset, and that distracts QT Marshall. The face is distracting the heel in the match, and then one of the gun sons rolled him up to pick up the victory. After that, Dan Lambert with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page cut a promo backstage, basically just making fun of the fans. So at this point, Dan Lambert is feuding with the fans. And then the main event saw Malachi Black pick up the victory over Brock Anderson. And uh, Anderson just doesn't belong on television just yet. I still think this should have been a black mask. One, two, three, that's it. But that wasn't the case. He eventually hits the black mask. But after the match, one of the worst moments for me in AEW history. I was pissed after this match. I was so pissed because Aleister Black, uh, Malachi Black grabs a chair. Arn Anderson stands up to him. I don't care how tough Arn Anderson is or appears to be. But Malachi Black throws the chair down, goes to hit Arn Anderson with the black mess, and Arn Anderson, 62 years old, blocks it. And I died a little inside watching that. I hated that. I don't care who came up with that spot. I hated it. Aleister Black then has to kick Arn Anderson below the belt. And then hit the black mess. And then to top it off, Lee Johnson comes out and Aleister Black leaves. Lee Johnson. Made no sense. But that was AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout outs? Hey, wow. This is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout out. The first shout out goes to Tom T. Hall who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 85. I had always wanted to see him live ever since I heard his song, Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine when I was a teenager, but I never had the chance to see him. It's just like one of the most listened to songs on my iTunes. He also wrote the song Harper Valley PTA that Jeannie C. Riley sang. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that song or not. No. The Harper Valley PTA. It's just one of those like old school country-esque sounding songs. It's a very Sounds like song. a country song. <laughs> it's very much so country. But that yeah, and but no. Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine is just like, that also is. Yeah. Uh, but also, unfortunately, passing away last week, Don Everly at the age of 84. And like, I'm such a big fan of the Everly brothers. I really wanted to see them work it out they had like a falling out eventually got back together for a few years but that was all before i was going to concerts and none of the dates like they had like they did you've never seen them no how could i they they didn't tour then the last time i think that they were touring was like oh six or something and i think they were doing uh 2003 i think they opened for simon and garfunkel or they did stuff with simon and garfunkel on their tour Mm-hmm. They did like four or five songs or whatever, but it like that's it. So I never got to see them live as much as I wanted to. And I was hoping that like, I mean, even after Phil passed away, I was hoping that maybe Dom would tour and do stuff, but that just, that never happened. 
So, but if you're not familiar mm-hmm. with the Everly Brothers, I would urge you to listen to songs like All I Have to Do is Dream, Bye Bye Love, Kathy's Clown, Walk Right Back, just to name some. Uh, and then Roger Bear, unfortunately, also passed away. He passed away this week at the age of 80. Uh, there was a reason why they called him Mr. Ranger. He was a New York Ranger. He'll always be a New York Ranger, a New York Ranger for life. His number was the first number retired by them. A banner hangs in the rafters at Madison Square Garden. If you're unfamiliar with him, in the 70s, he was part of what they called the gag line, a goal of game with Jean Rattel and Vic Hadfield, who also have their numbers retired and hung up in the banner, in the rafters, I mean. Um... But, I mean, have you ever met him or no? Yes. I met him at the... Um, oh, at that event it, the, with my brother? Yeah, Patrick's... The, the award ceremony. Yeah, right. Uh, Chilbert was there. So I got to meet him over there. It was just like a quick little talk, though. Yeah. So I, I've met but, him a yeah, few times. He was always so friendly. He was... He was always smiling, it seems. Yeah, he was friends with uh, a good family friend of ours. So, like, that's how I was introduced through through them. So, he was always so friendly, and he just, like, loved the fans. He loved talking to everyone. And if you spotted him at a game, you were definitely lucky to meet him. I remember one of the times, specifically, we were all outside of the entrance by the escalator for the suites... And he's just there, like, radiating energy, talking to absolutely everybody. So, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and I don't normally do four shout-outs, but I just wouldn't feel right leaving Charlie Watts out, who also, he passed away this week at the age of 80. Drummer yeah, of the very, Rolling Stones. Very Played on hits like Gimme Shelter, Satisfaction, Beast of Burden, Painted Black, which I think is my favorite Rolling Stones song. And I, I got to see him in uh, 2019 at MetLife Stadium with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, Painted Black is, I think, one of my favorite Rolling Stones songs, too. Yeah. So um, it's all very... unfortunate. Our condolences yeah. go out to their, their family, their friends, the fans alike. Um, but very... now it's time for our... Right, our mark out moment of the week. I said to you last week that you could not pick CM Punk because at the time we had recorded, you did not have that confirmation. I had my inside info. (laughs) And now that I have that information, I'm going Brock Lesnar. No, yeah, but you still have time for CM Punk. Come on, I see you on the Instagram. I marked out huge for CM Punk. Uh, and then I was very, he, has very the, he had the sneaker people. He had the, the AC on his sneaker. People were like, oh my God, it's Adam Cole. This week he had BW and BD on the back. People are like, oh my God, it's Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. He teased, like I said earlier, he teased Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. I thought that the, the promo that he did, um, 
I thought it was awesome. It was, it was very conflicting. It, it was depends for on the who fans. you ask. It was just they're eating right out of his hand. Yeah, yeah. It was it was for the fans promo. He said exactly what they wanted to hear, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that. He said ex- the fans went home happy, but definitely you think, loved. I, I said this earlier. Do you think that his work on Dynamite this week was a waste of time due to it just being the same exact thing that we heard? Oh, definitely not. I think that the they were two different promos. The in two my different. eyes, how could you say two different? They were. It was literally what we heard last week. Yeah, I think that they were two di- very two different. Uh, this on Dynamite, I thought it was short, simple. It was, but very, it was a shortened, I, condensed version of what we heard last week. I don't know. I like that he did bring up more of the other wrestlers in the locker room. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like that he put over a lot of the other guys in the locker room, like Jungle Boy, uh, also, that yeah, he wants I, to work I with. Didn't say it before, but yes, I would want to see CM Punk versus Jungle Boy as well. Yeah, like those. So I did like that aspect of that. I mean, really, it was just him being asked one question, and then it being, "Oh, I can't hear you because of the fans and this and that." Um, but of course, I I marked for it. I loved it. Um, I also I did mark out for Brock Lesnar still. I really did. I am a huge Brock Lesnar mark. Um, and I still think that when it comes to theme songs, Brock Lesnar's theme song has to be in the top. You know, it's simple, but the for um if you rate it as per impact that the song has on the wrestler with the wrestler, you you know what I mean? Like I feel can like you can you try to replicate the entrance the beginning of his song oh no no i cannot <laughs> no i cannot obviously you could but, do the dent 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 yeah but but i, feel I like, can't like i'm thinking in my head i was like i how does one even try to i don't recreate know create that noise but you know what i mean like i feel like when it comes to theme songs that have an impact yeah when it hits like you have stone cold steve austin with the glass shatter you have Brett the Hitman Hart with that electric guitar just wailing. And you have Brock Lesnar's... I, I always visualize it as like a Kraken. Or like Godzilla. Like this larger than life... I could hear a Godzilla-esque sort of thing. Yeah, so that's why I mark out when I hear the theme song. Because I visualize to myself a Godzilla-esque monster letting It almost out this... makes sense given his uh, tattoo. I don't know what yeah. his tattoo's of, but it's like... Kind of like exactly, a but that's the thing. Like you hear that Godzilla yell, and you're like in the movies. Even you hear Godzilla let that out, and you're like, okay, he, he business is about to pick up, and then out comes Brock Lesnar. I think that his theme song just rates right up there with Impact, and I love it. So I totally marked out for that. Something else that I marked out for. Uh, Matt Cardona showing up to GCW as the ECW Vince McMahon. <laughs> Yes, totally marked for that as well. That I thought was funny. Also, I made mention to it uh, earlier, but not really. We got another WWE 2K22 commercial during SummerSlam. And uh, I think it looked fantastic. It just now is coming out in in March. Yeah. 
I I did. I also did mark out for the Gangrel. I mean, sorry, Edge uh, entrance. By the way, did you hear that? Apparently, uh, Gangrel was supposed to be on Dynamite for some reason this week. Oh, I didn't hear that. But then they they saw what Edge did with the Brood at at SummerSlam and they nixed it. That's weird that they. I feel like it would have been the opposite that they would contact him because. Of the entrance. No, apparently they contacted Gangrel. They were going to have him on. They had the fire entrance and everything all prepared. They had music for him. And then uh, Edge SummerSlam happened and they called Gangrel. They were like, never mind. That's interesting. That but I don't know actually... like where, I don't know. in. So because they did that video package, the, the, I still... It makes no sense. That CM Punk returning footage mixed in with kayfabe Christian stuff made no sense. But it, they had the, the footage of Christian versus Lance Storm from Canada. His, one of his first matches up there or whatever in that territory. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe we're, we would have seen Gangrel also like run down. I, 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 that wouldn't make sense, though. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know where that would have fit in. and I don't know. It makes no sense. I definitely would have popped for seeing Gangrel because I'm a big fan of Gangrel. But yeah. Also, not quite a markout moment for me, but I know a lot of people in Mexico. It definitely could be the original Mystico, who we all knew as the original Sin Cara, is finally back to using Mystico. The, the second Mystico left CMLL this week. And since leaving WWE, Sin Cara had been uh, Mistezes and Caristico. He had not been allowed to use Mystico. Mm-hmm. But yeah, CMLL it's... owns the, the name Mystico, so now Mystico 2 can't be Mystico. And it's his first time using it since 2000, uh, uh, 2011. Yeah, January it's 2011. Definitely... He had been using He started using it in 2004. So, wow. and there's obviously there's those reports. You don't know whether or not Unico, who we knew as Sin Cara 2, used Mystico first, but CMLL had that name locked down way before Unico was even using the name Mystico. So, it's yeah, very, still very, still a very cool moment, though. Also very confusing, but <laughs> yes, that as well. But yeah, that's that's the markout moments of the week. That is episode 551. Thank you so much for listening. You could listen to episodes. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. Check us out on Manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Pick up some t-shirts. Follow us or like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Subscribe on YouTube, MarkingOut11. That's our Instagram as well. My Instagram, BTTG161, same as Twitter. You also, same as, as Twitter and Instagram, DavidPTDPT, at Chris Sweendog. We wish you the... The... Best of luck in your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh!